What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for listening to the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. As you're listening, I'm going hoarse, not because I'm sick, because I've been yelling my head off. Just left Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, where I've been since 3.05 p.m. Central Standard Time. I left around 11.30 Central Standard Time. Uh, I've been there all day watching boxing on, on Fox on television, uh, waiting for the main event, which was a super middleweight title challenge, the defender Caleb Sweethands Plant out of Nashville, Tennessee, fighting Vincent Boots out of Germany, his first fight in the United States, the mandatory challenger. One of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life, next to the birth of my children, I uh, went toe-to-toe all the way, almost into 12 rounds. Strength against strength, just a great uh, match. Was really fortunate enough to witness it right in my own backyard. Watch Caleb Plant uh, continue his reign as world champion super middleweight, uh, regaining his belt. It was truly a sight to see, and I was blessed and fortunate to have been a part of it. Uh, with that being said, we uh, have a really awesome podcast waiting on you two comedians this week we've got shane moss who performed in nashville brought his own variety of comedy uh, along with his um, thoughts head talks and uh, psychedelic adventures and other things which is really groovy we talk about that and then comedian doug bass out of los angeles california who not only serves as a budding comedy superstar but also a professional dog walker Without further ado, we'll get this show started. Once again, I want to thank you for taking the time. You could be doing anything right now. You're listening to Josh Belcher on Charted Podcast. And away we go. It's Saturday, February 15th. We're at Bridgestone Arena. Professional boxing on Fox, Caleb Plant versus Vincent Higginboots. Uh, the mandatory challenger for uh, Caleb Sweethand Plants um, super middleweight championship title. It's the second time he's defended it. He's 19 and 0 uh, going into tonight's bout. I'm here with my mother, who predicted Caleb was going to take out Mike Lee in the third round the last time, which he did. He whole handed him a, uh, a butt whooping, took him down to defend his title the first time. Mom predicted again. When's Caleb going to take down Fegan Boots? in the fifth round this trip. The fifth round, which is he's a tough contender. So a few inches shorter, got the same uh, reach as far as arm length. Um, German, first time in the United States fighting. Doesn't speak hardly a lick of English. Uh, Nana says fifth round. She's calling it tonight. Uh, Bridgestone Arena. Caleb Sweethand's plan defending his title. Said he would keep it in Nashville. It's not going to take uh, Figgin Boots. It's not going to take it to Nashville or take it away from him. Back to Germany. I'm going to keep it right here. You heard it here first, Saturday night for tomorrow, Sunday's podcast. We're going to watch this excellent boxing match. We've got great seats. Any added uh, words, Mother, to the listeners? Nothing. Okay, we're good. We're out. In honor of President's Day being Monday, and I reside in Columbia, Tennessee, I interviewed John Holtzapple, the main man down at the 
James K. Polk um, home in Columbia, Tennessee. One of the uh, last ones, or the only one in Tennessee remaining, where he spent his uh, formative years as a young man um, in Columbia, Tennessee. Talked about what they were doing there for President's Day. And uh, here we go. There's that right now. Okay, well, uh, we annually offer half-price admission for visitors on President's Day weekend. And we say that Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So wow. this year, that would be February 15th through 17th. Okay. Our hours on Saturday and then Monday, basically our weekday and Saturday hours are 9 until 4. On Sunday, we're open just in the afternoon from 1 until 5. But okay. guests are welcome to come and see the main home and the adjacent Sisters House Museum, where we have a, a video program in President Polk, as well as a museum area. Uh, see the kitchen building out back, see the gardens, and Presidential Hall, too, where we have changing exhibits, and all of that will be for half price. In regard awesome. to yeah, the exhibit, we're opening up uh, this same sort of artist and naturalist, uh, John James Audubon, who's known for his, his bird prints. Uh, uh, he was uh, one of Pope's contemporaries, and as James K. Pope was adding so much land in the western United States, Audubon was one of those individuals who were going west, and in uh -huh. his case, sort of making note and drawing images of, of birds and wildlife in the west. So oh, wow. the, the Audubon exhibit is, is sort of an art and history exhibit and really ties into the Pope's story of westward expansion. Okay, that's awesome. Well, wow, it's going to be a great thing. Yeah, and all of that, it will be half price this coming weekend. Oh, my gosh, you can't beat that. That's a great way to celebrate uh, the best president we ever had. Oh, well, thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. First interview on the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast this week is comedian and intellectual Shane Moss. Had a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Hope you enjoy. It's coming up right now. So you're bringing, you got a couple of shows here in Nashville. I see the 13th and... Uh, 14th on Valentine's Day at Third Coast Comedy Club. Um, is this two different events? Because I've I've studied, kind of looked into them both. Yeah. Um, the head talks and the uh, stand up science, and they both look really, really uh, fascinating. Kind of kind of a uh, different approach to stand up. So I was just really curious about it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they they are two different shows. They're very very similar structures. So basically, the deal is. A little over a year ago, I started touring with a show called Stand Up Science that um, that went from um, uh, th that became kind of my full time gig. I, I've been a road touring headliner for uh, around 13 years, usually performing in um, bigger comedy clubs, not doing anything themed or whatever. And over the last several years, I've been doing themed shows, finding smaller independent venues and a, a little more experimental venues like third coast that does like different themed shows and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, so anyway, the show stand up science, um, what I do. So I have a science podcast called here we are, where for the last five and a half years, each week I, I ask a scientist or I, I, I go and interview a scientist about their work. A lot of why we behave the way that we do neuroscience, biology, psychology, that sort of stuff. And uh, and so I wanted a show, a live show that combined those two things. So stand up science is like a 
half comedy set, half science talk show. Yeah. So I get two local academics to give science talks. I don't even like ask them to be any funnier than normal or anything like that. Sure. And then I I riff on it afterwards and improvise on it afterwards and have uh, have related material. And so yeah, that show's really taken off. And then the head talks, sorry to just the that's last little thing, and then we'll get a whole conversation just so everyone has the full <laughs> context. Um, um, uh, here I go, blah, blah, blah. But uh, anyway, and then on the 13th, the two shows head talks are a psychedelic version of that show. So it's yeah. a half comedy, half science show, but all about psychedelics. And then, and then the Valentine's Day one of stand-up science has a mating theme to it for Valentine's Day. So, yeah, that's what I'm bringing through. Yeah, that's really awesome, and, and that's what I was going to add, too. It was like um, coming to Nashville, you know, Vanderbilt is, is known for, like, uh, medical research and, and uh, people getting doctorates and, and such and so on and so forth. And you're talking about having, like, some experts there. I didn't know if you had uh, any any uh, people coming from that area because it just seems like it's loaded with a lot of uh, intelligent, like-minded people such as yourself. Yeah, I have Kate Snyder from Vanderbilt, who is a biologist who will be talking about um, sexual selection in mostly in terms of bird mating calls. <laughs> and then, um, and so that'll be fun and interesting. And, you know, talking about how, you know, it's often just the males that make the songs and trying to stand out and impress the ladies. And it's always fun for people to hear about. And I, I have a lot of a fair amount of um, um, kind of animal behavior relating material and and um, and stuff about kind of the science of dating and whatnot that I'm going to do. And then I'm actually, so I have, so stand-up science, usually I look up two different guests in every single area, but the head talks show, because it's a psychedelic version of it, there's not psychedelic researchers everywhere. Yeah. And so I I, this is a special circumstance for, very limited engagements. I have an anthropologist who lives in Peru and wrote a book about ayahuasca. And so I have her with me as kind of a part of a book release. And that, um, and so that, that she, she's with me doing those shows. So she's also a botanist and going to be talking about the reproductive lives of plants on stand up science, um, too. And she's, She's the single best presenter that I've ever had on any one of my shows. So it's going to both, both those shows are going to be terrific. We, we decided to book two shows of the head talks on the Thursday night, yeah. um, just because we know they're going to sell out really well. So. Yeah, without a doubt, this, this is definitely a place for it. Like I said, Nashville is, uh, it just grows every year and it's getting more diverse and, uh, you know, more people who, uh, seem to be more interested in a lot of different things and you know like with neuroscience and and all that good stuff uh, I, I just really it, it caught my because you know it's it's nothing you really hear mixed with comedy and um i just i'm glad somebody's finally doing it i think it's going to take well here uh in certain parts of the south anyway or at least i hope it will for you <laughs> oh yeah it's uh you, you know the the big part of uh, i mean nashville's a, a cool hip city anyway and <clears throat> you know i i lived in austin for a number of years, which is a bit of a kind of a uh, sister city, but but actually, you know, a lot of our um, a, a lot of the success of what I do is kind of bringing um, science to areas where um, you, you know there's there's people interested in more cerebral content and 
and bigger ideas everywhere. It's just mm-hmm. that in terms of live entertainment, a lot of places just don't have as many options. And so a lot of people sometimes are like, oh, well, geez, how does how does a science show when you're work, go when you're like in a real red state or red city or whatever? And <laughs> and those are actually some of my best stops um, just because the people that are there that are interested in um, scientific thinking never have a chance to have any live live entertainment that's in any way any anything close to this and um and so and so that's a big part of if you if you look at my schedule um you know we're we're traveling the bible belt right now with a show about psychedelics and that's (laughs) something like a, a, a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't think to do and it's uh you know it's a real important part of my mission and i i'm from rural wisconsin myself and my my family's um was like conservative i was brought up very religious and and um you know the idea of talking about evolution and things like that was was very taboo and and you know i just i just think a lot of people just haven't had a chance to have things explained to them in uh in the right way so i kind of I'm I'm kind of trying to carve out this niche of like, hey, I'm this blue collar guy. I work, I did factory work and stuff, and this just stuff is just kind of interesting and fascinating. And and anyone can get this. You don't need to have a PhD to understand this stuff. It's just naturally really interesting, and it's going to make your conversations um, more stimulating outside of this. And and so that's kind of the aim of the show. Yeah, without a doubt, and, and leading into that, I actually had two things I wanted to bring up to you because, uh, like you said, I'm also a blue-collar guy. I uh, podcast as a hobby just because I love learning about interesting things and people such as yourself, and I also appreciate you taking the time. Um, I actually watched a little program not too long ago, and you may already know about this guy, uh, Edward Lee uh, Scalman, I think is how they pronounce his last name. Um, hmm. he, he has a... Uh, he built this thing in Florida called the Coral Castle. Used this big, you know, tons of like rock and granite and all this stuff, kind of like pyramid weight. And he told everybody he did it by himself and he used his mind. He said he used the half of his brain other people don't know how to tap into. Have you ever covered anything like that? I just thought that was fascinating that he, you know, huh. this is a guy from the 1800s to 1917 or 1920 or something like that, built this whole estate. And uh, by himself, like didn't have any um, construction workers or anything at the time in his home. It was just like a uh, – it's just a fascinating huh. thing, and, and he said it was all mine usage. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that. I, I would I would need to watch it and and uh, learn more before I would really have anything to say about it. But, uh, sure. uh, but yeah, that's, that sounds very interesting. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, most of the – most of the topics on my show are are more like kind of some of the some of the research that's being done like today in terms of uh social experiments and that sort of thing like why people make the kind of purchasing decisions they they make and and um and stuff like that so i so i haven't uh we've never really dove deep into um much kind of historical stories or anything on the podcast yet okay cool idea just, though yeah, yeah, I just thought, like I said, with this guy talking about moving, you know, large amounts of uh, 
of rock and whatnot with his mind. I was like brain stuff. Well, I'm, but, I'm not. I'm not sure. I didn't necessarily believe that, but I'd love to look into it. That's just the same thing. Like, there's no evidence. There's just this is basically hearsay and like uh, research yeah. papers and whatnot. But uh, it's it's a tourist attraction in Florida. It's called uh, Coral Castle. Um, huh. One more question. Yeah. One more question. Being Music City. Um, I also watched a lecture by Brian Wilson, of course, of the Beach Boys. Yeah. And he claimed, you know, I was talking about, you know, psychedelics, and I could be on uh, a totally different uh, thing here, but I just thought I'd bring it up. He said that when he wrote and composed Pet Sounds, he was completely on psychedelics. And I was at, I was wondering, do you think uh, being on such a thing enhances someone's perception and their experiences as far as, like, recording music, you know, being in Nashville? I just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, well, uh, a couple things. Psychedelics seem to be good for creativity. If you put someone in an MRI that's on psychedelics, it just forms, the brain forms novel connections that it doesn't normally make. And so that that leads to creative thoughts and sometimes peculiar thoughts as well. But I, I found it to be a good creative aid for myself. And then obviously the Beatles and Pink Floyd were heavily influenced by psychedelics as well as pretty much all of the music in that time period. Um, but it also uh, it also kind of invokes a little bit of um, synesthesia, which is where uh, which is a um, uh, the a condition where um, some people have have a bit of crosstalk between their senses. So rather than having defi- uh, clearly defined categories be- be- um, between like hearing something and seeing something, there's people with synesthesia that like see music or um, or smell shapes and things like that. And mm-hmm. psychedelics can, um, can actually induce that a little bit temporarily. And so it is a new way of perceiving things. And, and that's probably how people are coming up with, you know, inventing new sounds and a big part of, uh, how people were able to use, utilize synthesizers early on and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's always fascinated me because you'll hear like a, a beautiful work like you mentioned, like the Beatles with Rubber Soul or, or the Beach Boys with Pet Sounds. And I'm thinking an average Joe like me who can play instruments, that is never, nothing like that has ever ran through my brain. But I always, when I hear it, it just stimulates everything. And them talking about, you know, openly about psychedelics and, and drug use and everything, it just always uh, seems interesting to me. And sometimes you can listen and be like, oh, I guess that makes sense. You know, why he's got a horse in there, you know, horse hose clacking while, uh, the strings are playing, you know, in a certain overture or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And there are, um, a lot of people don't know there is, uh, you know, ketamine is a psychedelic that is um, legal for clinical use. So there are legal options for people having a psychedelic uh, experience in a, in a clinical setting. So if it's something you're looking to venture into and want to do it in a safe way and know what you're getting and everything else, that would, that would be uh what I would recommend for people it's mostly used for depression. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah that's, a, that's a big one here, unfortunately, in this country. Um, well, hey, I appreciate your time and break a leg tonight. And once again, let's let's promote those shows. If we're wanting to get tickets, where do we go? Uh, just go to Shane Moss, M-A-U-S-S dot com, and just go to my tour dates, and it will show the two different shows that I'm doing in Nashville. Here's my interview with comedian Doug Bass. Enjoy. So L.A. by way of New Jersey, right? Isn't that where you're from originally? That's true, yeah. I uh, grew up in North North Jersey. Cool. Um, yeah, not far from Manhattan. Wow. 
Um, and being like there, did you try the New York comedy scene before leaving for Los Angeles, or how did it all happen? Um, I uh, I never did stand up in uh, New Jersey or New York. Um, I I worked at a stand up comedy club in high school in West Orange, New Jersey. It was called Rascals. It's not there wow. anymore. Yeah. Uh, but that was my part-time job, and I kind of, I kind of started getting, you know, the comedy. But I, I kind of wanted to do it after watching, you know, comedians night after night working there, and um, you know, but I didn't really have the guts to try it until I kind of got to LA for some reason. I didn't even do it in college, um, and you know, I, I grew up as an actor, so I did a lot, a lot of like improv and sketch and that kind of thing, and I, I you know, did sketch with the Groundlings out here at Hollywood for a while. Um, so when I first moved to LA, I tried stand-up for about four or five months when I was like 22, I think, and I had fun doing it, but I didn't really know who I was yet, so I stopped doing it, and then I started doing sketch and improv. And then I went back to it like, you know, five years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel comfortable now doing it. I feel comfortable in my own, you know, my own ways, I would say. I know who I am. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I missed out on the whole New York scene, but L.A. has been good. Sure. Now, would you say as a comedian that uh, imp- imp- like improv and sketch comedy work, does that, does that help enhance what you do as far as being a stand-up? Oh yeah, I mean, for me, a hundred percent. If anything, improv and sketch taught me how to be just confident on stage, with no matter what's thrown at you. So, you know, going from that to stand up was a huge help for me. Um, and also being an actor, um, you know, you can, you can, you can deal with hecklers and you know things that pop up out of nowhere and kind of just go with it. Um, that's a, that's where the improv background comes in handy, and uh, yeah, I, I suggest anyone that you know wants to do stand up, kind of dabble in that as well. I would say. Yeah, see, I took um, a few years back. I took. We have a, uh, a comedian. He's a uh, well, he's not. He's a local guy, but I mean, he's a corporate comedian who has classes. I took those, but I didn't take improv. So the first time I bombed when uh, I thought something was hilarious and nobody laughed at it, like I thought my life was over. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we've all been there, definitely. I mean, yeah. I always think the key to that is just to make fun of it as well, when, you know, when, when it doesn't go well and just kind of comment on the situation because that's what happens. A lot of people just keep going with the act and don't, like, mention anything about it. Um uh, mm-hmm. Then it's really awkward and it seems very rehearsed, and you know that's that's one of the things that'll get you in the stand-up world. Yeah, right on. Kind of like pause and just own it and keep on trucking. Right. Yeah. yeah, right on. Um, what I was going to talk about a little bit without giving too much of your set away. What really appealed to me was uh, your niche is your dog walking stories, which I thought was awesome because we have dog walkers here, but they probably do not experience what you get to experience where you're located. <laughs> right, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, dog walking has kind of blown up, I would say, the past, you know, five to seven years. I mean, I've been doing it for like 13 years almost now. Um, but, yeah, being a, being a Hollywood, L.A. dog walker has been pretty interesting as far as, you know, clients that pop up, uh, celebrity situations, um, just rich people that, 
are just too lazy to walk their dogs in their home. <laughs> um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. Everything from the rich clients to the people that are nickel and dime and you know, don't understand like why you're charging what you charge, yet they still want their dog walked and you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've 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 been through it all. I actually I did a web series uh, a while back called Unleashed. You can find it on YouTube. Um, I uh, I wrote and directed it, and it's a, it's about you know a fictional dog walking company in L.A. So it's a lot of fun to watch. There's a, That's awesome. A lot of cool actors in it and stuff. So yeah, I'll be definitely checking that out. Um, I had a question for you. yeah. I heard or I saw. Uh, okay, yeah. My first question was, do you okay? Do you do it through like an app or a company, or are you like your own business? Are you own? Yeah. Are you um, your own guy? I, I own my own business. Um, that's the funny thing. It's like uh, I've been doing it way before there was like WAG or, you know, the app that you press the button and the dog walker shows up. Um, and and when people see me, they always ask me, like, oh, are you in WAG? And I'm like, no, you know, I've been doing this way before that. And when that stuff came around, like WAG, I was like, oh, man, like everyone's going to start using this thing now. But, you know, it, that hasn't been the case because, like, the problem with like those apps is like you don't know who's showing up at your house sure. um, and it's a different walker all the time and you know I work with like you know a couple close people that you know get to know the dog the dog gets to know the person um, so it's more of a personal you know person to person kind of thing rather than just a different uber dog walker showing up at your house <laughs> and going you know walking into your house and you know that's a lot of trust I would say you know Sure. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yes, it's just, there's a lot to it. It's it's a complex world. I have a, one friend, like I said, we're we're not quite as busy here, but uh, she, the school teacher, has to have her dog walk because she's gone umpteenth hours at a time during the day. So. Right. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Like, everyone in L.A. works, they don't have kids, and they have dogs, which they treat as their kids. So, yes, that's where I come in. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, you got to got to do it where it fits in, and, and it bounces in good with a with a stand up uh, comedy yeah, life yeah. and all that good stuff. So. It's it's been pretty good, and it's it's been a good thing. Like I've I've wanted to like combine the two as far as stand up and talking about dog walking, and you know I I run a show called the Dog and Funny Show, which I've done a couple cities now, which is a you know a comedy show about animal experiences and then there's also a charity that we donate some of the you know uh proceeds to so that's really hoping, awesome. hoping to bring that to nashville at some point yeah we'd love to have you back you even uh, i saw somewhere i read that you were maybe you were discussing you actually walked in la a nashville natives dog and that would be reese witherspoon Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, fresh was from there. Yeah, um, yeah. Back in the day, I walked her dog a couple times, and um, she was very nice. And uh, she had a little French bulldog. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but that dog was well taken care of. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She she was never in any of my circle. She was a few years older, but her dad was a practicing physician in Nashville for the longest time. So. Oh really. And she kind of blew up and did her thing, so. Right. Too big for us now, but that's okay. <laughs> I, um, I was looking through your some of your socials. Were you on Let's Make a Deal? Uh, I was, yeah. Um, <laughs> that had to been. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, my wife and I went on. Um, some lady, you know, some lady approached me like in L.A. at some mall or something, and she was like, "Oh, we're looking for like couples to come on." 
and we, we kind of knew we were going to get picked going, going there. Yeah. So we were like, all right, let's, let's do it. Let's try it. We lost, but, um, <laughs> still, yeah, still got to was, do the thing. It was, it was a fun experience. You know, it was, it was kind of like we had, we had just gotten gauged. So it was kind of a funny thing to have on, you know, tape and on TV for my wife and I, you know, so. Yeah. That's cool. Now is she is she uh, does she entertain as well? Does she do uh, stand up? Uh, no, she doesn't. But she she um, she is in a band and she uh, she's a great singer and she's uh, she's a, you know just amazing. She's got an amazing voice. Um, she uh, she has you know a real job. Uh, she works in advertising, but she's not an actress <laughs> or anything like that. But uh, yeah. she does have a passion for the arts and she's really talented in her own way. That's awesome. What what genre, or is it an eclectic mix? Um, she she does a killer like Alanis Morissette uh, yeah cover cover song, you know. Um, That's pretty cool. And she's she yeah she she nails that song every time she sings it. But she does she does a bunch of stuff. They have a new uh, they have a band right now that they they have formed and they're doing a lot of wedding gigs and that kind of thing. And it's called the uh, Benedict Cover Benedict Cover Band. Hey, Benedict Benedict Cover Band. That's what it's called. Yeah. That's basically what his name sounds like, anyway. Yes, yes. But that's freaking awesome. Well, my brother, thank you. I wanted to talk to you. Like I said, it was really, I really thoroughly enjoyed your your stand up. Hope yeah, to have that. you out here. I mean, it was pound for pound, just funny the whole way through. And like I said, your your uh, talkings of dogs and everything. Just really enjoyed it. And my my friend that was with me is actually going through a divorce and he lives still with his ex-wife no oh, wow and he just said man i needed that more than you ever know and i just thought that was awesome you know because just being so downtrodden about it and just you know it's a great thing so well that's great i mean that's that's all you know michelle's thing is healing through humor so you know yeah. that's that's what we're there for but yeah, um yeah, anyway. oh yeah go ahead say what if anyone wants to check out my website it's dougbasscomedy.com and follow me on Instagram at Doug Bass Comedy. And that's pretty much it. And that concludes our podcast day. Like I said, I'm not going to speak very much. So, uh, throat's a little hoarse and sore from yelling at the uh, Caleb Plant Vincent Feigenboos uh, title match last night in Nashville. Special thanks to comedians Shane Moss and Doug Bass for lending their talents and allowing me to interview them. Really appreciate that. John Holtz Apple from the James K. Polk Presidential Home speaking about their activities on President's Day. And uh, absolutely from the bottom of my heart, thank you for the listeners. You all couldn't do it without you. Keep listening to them. I'm going to keep making them. If you know anybody you think going to be a great guest, have them hit me up, joshbelcher at hotmail.com. Remember, I love you for you and where you're at in life. Have an awesome week. We'll catch you down the road. All right, later, guys.